Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110 WBT, Bo and Beth on a Wednesday morning. We go to the WBT hotline and welcome our longtime cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, the founder of Fortalist Solutions. You can follow her on Twitter at Tracker Payton. Good morning. Good morning, Bo and Beth. I hope you're both doing well today. We're doing great. We're so glad to talk to you. We have a lot of tech headlines to get to. Yeah, and um, this week I can really just start by reading the... uh, Reading the subject line of the latest email, actually two of them, but I'll start with the first one. When Teresa sends you an email and it says, oh my, this is bad, in all capital letters. Well, what exactly does that mean, Teresa? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is bad. Um, So we just learned that a U.S. Department of Defense server was left exposed for two weeks. They, uh, you know, obviously the investigation is ongoing they have closed the issue, um, so so it's not exposed anymore. Um, their initial investigation said that they don't believe anybody took advantage of this server being exposed to the Internet. It was a misconfiguration on their cloud side. But here's what was exposed. Completed SF86 questionnaires. So just unpacking what that means um, for anybody who works in the government, myself at the White House, you have to fill out this SF86 questionnaire. It is very detailed. In the wrong hands, somebody could do a complete and total walk-in on your life. In the wrong hands, people could potentially be blackmailed. So obviously more to come here. Again, they are saying that uh, there was no classified data on the servers, and it doesn't appear that the data was accessed, but this is serious. Wow, that's terrifying. I'm uh, I'm glad that they're at least getting it uh, in order a little bit. The the big headline that I wanted to ask you about that I kind of wish you had been in on these oral arguments because it sounds like our Supreme Court justices could have used your knowledge. Um, the, the the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments yesterday in Gonzalez versus Google. Now this is all about Section 230 of um, basically an internet bill that was created in 1996. And I was reading through some of these transcripts and it sounded like the Supreme Court justices didn't even quite understand um, the technology behind the algorithms. This one specifically is about the algorithms on YouTube and the potential for things like terrorist-style videos to end up in the the hands of users because the algorithm puts them there. But talk to us about the breakdown of this bill and what, or the breakdown of this case and what this could mean for the future of the internet and whether or not this opens um, technology firms up to lawsuits if the Supreme Court votes in a certain way. Yeah, so I, I think what's important is everybody has to kind of go back in time when they think about why Section 230 was created. So it's a provision of the 1996 Communications Decency Act, and it prevents Internet companies. This can be social media, can be big tech, uh, Google, Meta, Um, It it protects them from being held liable for content posted by third parties. Now, let's all just go back for a moment in time for those of us who were alive then. And for you young people, here's a little history lesson. In 1996, we didn't have Meta. We didn't have Facebook. In 1996, it was mostly 
website forums where people were posting commentary. Mm-hmm. And so this this provision was saying, I can't be responsible for everybody who posts on a blog uh, some commentary. Fast forward to today, we now have algorithms that when you post something or like something, Beth and Bo, it, the algorithm says, oh, I need to serve them up more of what they just posted and what they just liked so they stay on my platform longer and I can serve up ads and I can make money off of that. So that's the part that needs to, I think, it's like a little history lesson needs to happen um, for the Supreme Court. And then every time they talk about whether or not uh, big tech needs to be held accountable for what happened, um, and again, what the arguments of the Gonzalez family is that the Internet was serving up hate speech, which led to the 2015 ISIS attack in Paris in which they lost their son. So uh, we, we need to almost have like a picture of a timeline, explain what technology was available, what wasn't, and then hold big tech accountable under that timeline. Decision will not come out until July, so we've got plenty of time uh, for that to be introduced into the oral arguments. Well, I said uh, I got a couple of emails from you with very interesting subject lines. Here's the second one I got from you. In fact, it's the most recent one right before we went on the air. It says, looks like criminals are being laid off, which is talking about uh, hackers reportedly uh, being axed by organized crime groups. Yes. So as companies do a better job protecting themselves, um, as well as reaching out to the FBI for assistance to prevent ransomware attacks from happening or to recover from a ransomware attack, it is truly impacting cyber criminal syndicates who are doing these ransomware attacks. So reports from the Wall Street Journal say that the ransomware group Conti, C-O-N-T-I, actually laid off 45 call center operators who were part of their cyber criminal scheme. Um, so it really does make a difference. We're hitting the cyber criminals right in the pocketbook, and people are losing their jobs in the cyber criminal syndicates as a result. One more question for you. TikTok has been at the top of everyone's minds for quite some time. Josh Hawley, you know, saying that, that certain social media shouldn't be allowed for people until they're, for young people until they're 16 years old. But Here's some new stories, and I don't know that there's been enough discussion about this, but TikTok is a venue for child sexual exploitation. This is another, just another level of why parents need to be very aware of what's going on on their kids' phones. Yes, and TikTok is one of many platforms that child um, exploitation uh, criminals are hanging out on, again, because of the way the algorithms work. Um, if somebody is a child um, sexual predator, they're getting served up more of the information that they're looking for, but they're also using it to reach out to young people, pretending to be a young person, befriending them, and then sort of entrapping them into the sexual exploitation scheme. So again, parents have open conversations with your children about the dangers of the internet. Be where they are. If they're on TikTok, guess what? You need an account on TikTok. You really need to understand how this is working. You need to um, be friends with them so you can see what types of things that they are being served up and just have those open conversations. That's going to be the best prevention that's out there. Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert. Follow her on Twitter, at Tracker Payton. Always good to talk to you and uh, a lot of information there, news you can use. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Beth and Bo. Be safe out there.
News Talk 1110 WBT. I don't know if that was her phone or our phone. Sounds like uh, one of us was trying to cue up a vinyl record. Oh my gosh, I was about to say the exact same thing. It sounded like we recorded that on vinyl. (laughs) Well, maybe we did.